This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ronald takes the snap, looks left under pressure. Bullets one over the middle. And we're back with another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast with Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. We did a we answered a mailbag question. You can find it on our feed that that talked about our Adam Gase and Sam Darnold tied at the hip. And the premise of that was basically talking about, you know, is there a scenario where Sam Darnold can succeed and show us that he's their franchise quarterback and Adam Gase still get fired? Uh, And then conversely, you know, are they basically to the point where if Adam Gase is bad this year and Sam Darnold doesn't improve, uh, is that not looking good for Sam Darnold, considering that Joe Douglas didn't draft and just kind of talking about, is there, are they tied at the hip at this point? The fact that they did bring in Adam Gase as Sam Darnold's second head coach, I think that our answer was no. I think that Sam Darnold definitely deserves, if Adam Gase is bad, he deserves uh, a, another year without Adam Gase. And if Adam Gase is good with Sam Darnold, then, you know, there are scenarios where he could still get fired. But again, it probably works more towards this way. If, if Sam Darnold's really good, I don't think Adam Gase is going anywhere, unless it's any of the scenarios we laid out uh, in that podcast. Um, so let's talk about some statistical goals though, that, that, you know, Sam Darnold entering year three, obviously he has every excuse in the world. And I think that's frustrating for a lot of NFL fans who aren't, uh, Jets fans who haven't watched him every game. They see, you know, bad box scores and they think he's, he's trash, you know, Jets fans will tell you otherwise, but at a certain point, Sam does need to start producing and no, and look, he's not necessarily put in the best position to succeed. When you look at what situation Lamar Jackson's in in Baltimore what situation Baker Mayfield's in in Cleveland especially this year where you know Baker's been surrounded by all these elite weapons and Baltimore has built an entire system around Lamar Jackson you know the Jets with Sam Darnold haven't really surrounded him by much and have forced a a guy like Adam Gase on him who has been very stubborn about molding his system towards Sam's strengths now again I think I think Gase did a better job of that at the end of last season I think the the roster has improved this season specifically the offensive line and that's going to be a huge thing for them um, but what are some of the things that we can look at for Sam Darnold's season? If we're not seeing the wins and losses, what are some of the things that we can look at um, that he should improve on this year? So, Michael, we'll just go through the article, I guess. The first thing you talked about was yards per attempt. I guess break down why this is such an important stat, exactly what it is, uh, and then what your, your benchmarks for, for Darnold in 2020 is. Yeah, well, first off, like you said, in terms of overall expect, expectations, 
at some point you want to see the production because as many excuses as you make for him, uh, just the bottom line is that you want to see him produce at some point. You could say that, you know, um, he's not getting enough help or any, even make all these excuses. And they're all legitimate so far in terms of protect, protection, coaching, wide receivers, injuries, all those things, very legitimate so far. But you don't want to get into Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota territory where it's year five and you're still saying just give him another year. Uh, and, and, you know, you're still just holding on to that hope deep into his career. So you don't want to get to that point. So this, I think this is going to be a big year for hopefully seeing signs of progress in terms of actual production. Uh, and that does come down to the box score, even though it's extremely misleading and you should evaluate him beyond that, actually look at his film and see how he's playing. Like, for example, the Bengals game last year, I think he played really solid in that game. But if you look at the stats, it shows up as one of his worst games. So the bottom line is that you want to see some real tangible improvement and you want to look at that uh, by looking at the tape and not necessarily his box score stats. But in terms of the production, I think you also want to see some steps there as well, because we want to be able to win these arguments with Bills fans and Browns fans and actually say, you know, look, he is producing. He's putting up yards. He's putting up points, putting up touchdowns. So you do want to see it line up, not just with what we're perceiving from making, you know, uh, accounting for the things going on around him, but actually producing and putting up production and leading the offense to uh, efficiency throughout the season. So yeah, yards it, per attempt. Wait, yeah, actually, go ahead, go ahead. Actually, before you get into I know I asked you a question, but then since you kind of launched into that, I do think that while he hasn't been put in the best situation, you know, having another year under Adam Gase and the much improved offensive line, and then you look at his weapons, they're not amazing, but Bell and Crowder and Herndon, uh, you know, Herndon maybe is less established, but I think those are three solid established weapons. And then you look at out wide, I think that's where you, 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 on the outside receivers, that's where your question marks, you know, remain. But Denzel Mims is a very promising rookie. I did like, I mean, Brashad Perriman, that end of the season was like among the best in the NFL. Your depth at receivers isn't great. But the point is, and then they have Ryan Griffin, who he showed great chemistry with last year. But my point is, it's not necessarily, this is the best year for Donald supporting cast is what I would say. So I would say that it, this is the best situation he's had so far in the NFL, which helps me be optimistic in him taking the next step. You know, it's not Baker's situation in Cleveland. It's not Lamar's situation in Baltimore or Josh Allen's situation in Buffalo, but it is an improved situation. And it's one that's going to get much better in 2021 and much better in 2022. But it's a step forward and it is enough for him to produce some of the things that we're talking about in this article. So go ahead and Michael on yards per attempt. Yeah, I agree. It, I, it's enough to where I think you got to see something this year. That doesn't mean his career is over. If he doesn't improve, but I think you, you really would like to see it unless the offensive line completely collapses again. But start off with the numbers. Yards per attempt is a key one. That's a big part of what goes into passer rating. Uh, so first two years, Darnold averaged 6.9 yards per attempt, uh, both as a rookie and this past season. So he's got to get that up a little bit. The NFL average is 7.2. I kind of want to see him rank in the 10 to 15 range this past year. And last year, that was... Drew Brees was 10th, 7.9. Matt Ryan was 10th at 7.3. So to land somewhere in there would be good for him. And I think there are two big keys to him taking a step up there. And one of them is what we talked about a lot already. That's the support uh, around him. So last year, Darnold either threw the ball away, had his pass batted down at the line, was sacked, or was hit while throwing. One of those four things on 15.3% of his dropbacks. So it was the highest percentage of any quarterback in the league. And the difference between him and the second-ranked quarterback 
who was Matt Ryan is the same as the difference between Ryan and the sixth ranked quarterback. So just to show you how far ahead he was in that metric. So getting that down as the Jets offensive line is going to add quite a bit uh, to his completion percentage, which is uh, a completion percentage is not a good stat because it really lacks context. Um, it doesn't take into account how difficult the throws they're, the quarterbacks trying are, uh, drops, throwaways, getting hit while throwing, all those things. That's why it's a really bad stat. But in terms of how the role it plays in yards per attempt, it's got to be higher. And getting his, the amount of pressure down that he's taking is going to bump that up. And also with that, his yards per attempt. So that's going to be key. But for Donald himself, independent of his surroundings, he's got to get his deep accuracy up. In the first half, or the first six games he played last year, his deep completion rate was 21%. That was the worst among any quarterback in the league. But he took a step up after that. Final seven games he played, 41%. League average is 42%. So he improved quite a bit. But you want to see him get above that league average this year. We know he has the arm talent to do that. So hopefully he can push that you know, into the 42 43% range, at least get above that league average. But he took a big step forward in the second half last year. So in terms of yards per attempt, you definitely want to see that get up. It just shows you that he's being more consistent uh, and just more explosive in general. I think yards per attempt is probably the best box score stat uh, in terms of evaluating overall quarterback play. None of them are great, but that's one of the better ones. So hopefully Donald can get into that 7.5 area with yards per attempt. That should put him top 10 to 15. And the two biggest things are the protection and his own deep accuracy. Yeah. The next thing that you talked about, and, and by the way, I think those are, are tremendous points and, and a good, like we just talked about, that's something that he can definitely accomplish with his surrounding uh, and supporting cast. The next thing is interceptions. And this is something for Darnold that I think the perception around the league is that he's a turnover machine. Um, and as you laid out in this article, it's really been four games throughout his two years that have kind of hammered home that, um, coming out of college, he had, you know, plenty of interceptions, but the big thing for him is I think he had something like 11 fumbles or something. He's come into the NFL and has barely fumbled at all. He's clearly improved that. And I would say that he's gotten better at the interceptions, but he has this propensity to have, you know, one or two, just, I mean, at least so far, terrible games in a season that just tank the interceptions, but otherwise he's been fairly consistent. And when you look at the back half of the year, that's where he took a big leap. So Michael, talk about your expectations for, for him as a, with his interceptions in 2020. Yeah, like you said, the big thing has been that he's just had two really bad games in each season so far. He's thrown 28 picks in his career, 14 of those, so exactly half, came in four games at Miami, or in 2018 against the Vikings, at the Dolphins, and then this year against the Patriots at home, and then at the Jaguars uh, the next game after that. So half of his picks in four games. So other than those four games, so the other 22 games that he's played, his interception rate is only 2%. He's, so he's thrown an interception and only 2% of his passes outside of those games. That's below the league average, which was 2.3% last year. Um, would have put him near the top of the league uh, in 2019. And over the final eight games of 2019, his interception rate was only 1.5%, which would put him on pace for eight interceptions if he threw about 550 passes. And – uh, is about the same rate that Lamar Jackson put up last year, which was 10th lowest in the league. So he did a great job towards the end of last season uh, and just overall throughout both seasons, other than four games. He's done a good job with the interceptions, but that's really the kicker. Um, 
interceptions don't happen that much. So if you have two games in one season where you're throwing seven interceptions combined, it's going to tank your whole season. There were, I believe, 13 qualified quarterbacks last year that threw seven interceptions or less all season. So if you're throwing that in two games, even if you do really well in the other ones, your numbers aren't going to look good. So the key is going to be just avoiding having any three-plus interception games in in a season. And if he does that, he should keep his interceptions low. And to be fair in these games, uh, the Vikings won. There was one that wasn't his fault. A couple of the, the Dolphins game, a couple of them were desperation heaves. At the end of the game, the Jaguars as well. So just being better as a team will help him throw less picks because uh, he won't just have to be chucking them up at the end of the game. Uh, but the biggest key is don't have those couple of really bad games per year, and he should keep the interceptions low. Yeah, and then on the other, on the flip side of that is touchdowns. And this is something where every NFL fan can look at the box score and see how many touchdowns and interceptions you throw and decide whether or not you're a good quarterback or not. Sam hasn't necessarily uh, shown much by that metric, but he has thrown a good amount of touchdowns, I guess. When you look at the back half of the season again, uh, after the uh, Miami game or whatever, when it starts uh, with the Giants game, uh, his stats definitely got a lot better. He was on pace to throw 26 touchdowns if he kept that um, uh, pace going for an entire season. Michael, what are your expectations when it comes to touchdowns for Sam uh, with the improved supporting cast? Well, he's been better with touchdowns than interceptions. His touchdown rate was 4.3% in 2019, which was 19th in the league. The league averages 4.5%, so he's right below that. Uh, but the biggest thing is that he's done a good job really good job throwing touchdowns uh, in the closer half of the red zone. So inside the opponent's 10 yard line last year, he threw eight touchdowns on 19 passes in that range, which is 42%. That was eighth best in the league. The guys right ahead of him are Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. So he was doing a really good job finishing drives. The key is that he's just got to get there more often. Part of that is him. Part of it's the run game and the rest of the offense Uh, But the Jets ran the fewest plays inside the opponent's 10-yard line in the league last year. Even if you take out the Luke Falk games, they were still second worst in that. So they just weren't getting down. And they also made the fewest red zone trips in the league, period. So the fact that they weren't getting down there that much kind of hurts his touchdown numbers because, look, when he's getting there, he's doing great. And that's where so many touchdowns happen. 44% of touchdown passes over the last two seasons inside the 10-yard line. So most of it's happening down there. So if you're not getting there, uh, you're just not going to throw a lot of touchdowns overall. So if the Jets, in part, a lot of it is him and what he's doing in the rest of the field to get down there, but it's also the O-line, the run game. Uh, So if the Jets can get down to the red zone more often, he could put up touchdowns at a really high level. He can be a 30-plus touchdown guy because of how well he's finished those drives. Uh, And even outside the red zone, his touchdown rate, has been about league average uh, from the 10-yard line to the 20 in the red zone, and then outside of that, right around league average. So uh, going back to what I said earlier with deep accuracy, if he can continue improving that, he should throw a few more deep touchdowns. Uh, and then, But in the red zone, he's been good. So if you can get there more frequently, then he could throw uh, quite a few touchdowns uh, over the course of a whole season, maybe even pushing. What I'm looking for is I think 30 is a little bit too much. The number I wrote here in the article is about 29. Uh, And based on that, I think that if he can get his touchdown rate above 5%, uh, like I said, it was 4.3% this year. And that doesn't seem like a big change. But when you're throwing over 500 passes a season, 
that can be the difference in five to six touchdowns. So if we can get above 5%, that would definitely put him uh, in the, that 30 touchdown range uh, next year. And that comes down to his deep accuracy and also just overall chain moving, getting long drives going so he can get into the red zone uh, and have more opportunities to flash his efficiency down there. Yeah, I mean, you talked about his efficiency in the red zone. Is there any concern, though, that he did lead the NFL in red zone interceptions right. with four last year? Is that Would you put that more on Darnold's decision-making down in the goal line, that aggressive nature to want to get touchdowns instead of recognizing, like, hey, we're, we're in points territory. If this is a dangerous throw, don't throw it. The one that obviously comes to mind is the, uh, the one against Miami where it looked like he was throwing a grenade into the, the corner of the end zone, which, by the way, I, I do think he was trying to throw that ball away. Um, but is there any concern there when, when you analyze Darnold as a red zone quarterback? Yeah, and that's definitely extremely important because in, in the red zone, the average touchdown interception ratio is about 10 to 1. So if you're throwing picks down there, it's, it, they're so rare that it is an extremely, extremely bad play for your team, a lot of negative value. So whenever you're doing that, it really hurts. And we saw that quite a bit throughout this past season. Like you said, the Miami one, he had one against New England, against Dallas as well. But, I mean, you could make a few of those weren't really his fault. One against the Cowboys was a miscommunication, it looked like, uh, against the Dolphins. All right, that one was terrible, and we talked about that on the deep dive that we did. Uh, but Robbie Anderson also messed up that play with a really bad effort with his pick over the middle. So, But overall, you just don't want those to happen. So that's something he does need to remove from his game. And like you said, maybe part of that, uh, part of the reason that his touchdown rate there is so high is because he's being so aggressive and then some interceptions are coming with that. So hope he does need to get those out of his game. Uh, and that'll, the interceptions as well, that's something he can uh, help shave that a little bit by sharpening up his red zone play. But uh, like you said, that's definitely something he's got to work on. But, but also in that Miami game, the play before that interception he threw was a touchdown to Ryan Griffin right. that got called back and still seems clearly wrong. So it would look entirely different if that played out the way it should have. But uh, you do got to get those interceptions out. But it's good that he's been a very – really at all levels of the field, he's been average or better with his touchdown rate. So just the more often you get to the higher upside part of the field, which is the red zone where most touchdowns happen, then he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. So I feel really confident that he's going to be – a high touchdown guy, a 30 plus uh, at his ceiling. I think he can put around that 30 range on a yearly basis. You consider the second half last year, the jets ranked last in yards per rush attempt with 3.3. Darnold took the highest pressure rate of any quarterback, 41.9%. Uh, and yet he still had a touchdown rate of 4.9%. Like you said, pace for 20, he threw 13 touchdowns in the second half. So pace for 26 over a whole season. And he did that with, worst pressure and the worst run game in the league so um, considering that and that he was only 22 years old uh, I'm very confident in what he could do as a touchdown producer yeah and it, you talk about his efficiency in the red zone I think the Jets offense as a whole I think it was around 21 uh, is their red zone efficiency and this is a big uh, point of emphasis for the team when you think about they haven't really had a red zone target they're going to get Chris Herndon back this year which I think is going to be huge the big one to keep an eye on is Denzel Mims who's a big physical contested catch athletic receiver and something that's yeah, actually led the nation in touchdown touchdown receptions from 10 to 19 yards out right. so that early half of the red zone he can really help you 
And Sam has not had anybody like that really since right. college. And uh, so that is something to point at where I really think you can see Sam Darnold take tangible steps in that red zone. You talk about how he's been efficient, but the Jets offense as a whole, you know, he's been efficient without any, he's thrown to Robbie Anderson uh, inside the 10 yard line. He's thrown to Ryan Griffin, who I like, but now he's going to get Chris Herndon and he's going to get Denzel Mims. And I think you're going to see his touchdown efficient or his red zone efficiency go up uh, quite yeah, a bit, a not just red zone too. Uh, they were 19th this past year, 55% touchdowns. The run game has been league worse in the red zone. Right. So that's been a big part of it also. Yeah, the improved offensive line will help that as well. So, yeah, I am encouraged when you talk about his efficiency by himself in the red zone, when you can add in some of the pieces that the Jets are going to get this season, I think you might see him take uh, a big step. Oh, and I, he also did have those two read option touchdowns. Should right. throw those in as well. That was a really good wrinkle from Gase. Do, do you think that Gase should – I mean, I guess – he was probably a little bit hesitant because he got mono and, and he'd already lost him for three games. And anytime your quarterback's running, you're just putting him at risk to get injured. But Sam, if anybody's seen his huddle high school highlights, Sam Darnold's quite the athletic QB. Do you think that that gay should mix in some more uh, read options or QB runs for, for Sam Darnold this season? I think he should in the red zone, particularly because of, I think he was efficient with those. Also a few of the touchdowns bell scored, I believe were on read option plays. So he made the right call handing it off. I think he should, and not necessarily, it doesn't, he doesn't have to be Cam Newton or Josh Allen, but in the red zone, based on what he's shown, I think that's a play that works for him down there, but the better the run game gets, the more effective that play is going to be. Yeah. I'd certainly love to see the, the, the Jets down on the red zone. Now that you talk about it, run more of those read options. And then there's RPOs is something that Sam Donald was very good at in college. And we haven't seen him run too much of uh, in the NFL uh, just the way that his brain works and the things that he struggled with is being in the pocket and going through progressions. Um, but with the RPOs, it does allow him to make those quick, uh, those quick reads, which I think would really help him out. Um, so hopefully Gase can incorporate some of those um, in his offense this year as well. And not that Gase didn't do it at all. I just would like to see more of it. And when you talk about in the red zone, that's where that can be especially lethal. Um, and then lastly, you touched on pass rating and kind of your overall uh, benchmarks that you want to hit. Uh, want to see Donald hit. So talk about passer rating and then, then you can move forward with his overall kind of picture. Yeah. So, so passer rating in, is made up of four things. Uh, and I, I'm going to kind of touch on why passer rating is uh, not a great stat. So here's why the four things that go into it are interception rate, touchdown rate, yards per attempt and completion rate. So this is why it doesn't make too much sense. Yards per attempt is partially made up of completion percentage. Um, you know, your it, yards per attempt is a combination of your completion rate and your yards per completion. You know, it's just like anything uh, when you're averaging like that. So your completion percentage be, is being counted twice when you're looking at pass rating. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I've already talked about why completion percentage isn't good. I mean, just look at this past season. Luke Falk had a 64 completion percentage. Sam Darnold had 62. So that tells you everything you need to know about how misleading it is. I don't think anyone who watched the Jets this year would claim Luke Falk is more accurate than Sam Darnold. So the fact that it counts completion percentage twice is something you need to think about when you're looking at completion percentage uh, or passer rating, uh, because completion percentage is such a big part of it as a stat that's not so good, but still it is a nice number for comparing against other quarterbacks and just overall production. So if we use some of the benchmarks that I laid out, uh, I laid out a lot better in this article, but if Sam Darnold posted a touchdown rate of, 5.3%, interception rate of 2%, and average 78 
yards per attempt with a 65% completion rate. His passer rating would be about 98.1, which is about the same as Deshaun Watson last year, and he was 11th best in the league. So if Darnold can hit those benchmarks, most of which are in that 10th to 15th range, 10 to 15 range, then his passer rating would be also in that 10 to 15 range, uh, in that close to top 10 in the league. And I think that's where I would like to see him be this year. It's a little optimistic. Maybe him being about average is more realistic, but I think he definitely has potential at some point to be a top five to 10 quarterback. So, uh, and I don't think he's just going to elevate uh, straight from the bottom right up to there. I think there will be a middle ground. So hopefully this season can be that middle ground. He gets up to that top 10 range. And then beyond that, he could take that next leap into being a top five to 10 kind of quarterback. But I'm hoping with most of these numbers to see him be in that 10 to 15 range. And then hopefully overall he can be in that same area. But in terms of numbers, the way I laid it out, to put it in a more understandable way, if he does all those things that I laid out with all these different rates, what he would do is throw complete 353 passes for 4,235 yards, 29 touchdowns, and 11 picks. I think that's plenty solid for him at 23 years old. Uh, I laid out where all those numbers would rank all time against 23-year-old quarterbacks. That would be the sixth most touchdowns, sixth most yards, eighth lowest interception rate, seventh highest pass rating. So if he can put up numbers like that this year, uh, considering everything he's gone through so far, uh, it would be really promising. So once again, 10 to 15 range is where I'm hoping to see him this year. Yeah, I think the thing to remember about Darnold is that for, for fans who haven't watched him is that he just has so many games and moments and plays uh, where he's just tantalizingly good. I mean, you can see the flashes. And I think that's kind of what separates him from guys like Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith. Not that they didn't have good moments. You know, Geno Smith had the big upset down at Atlanta and Mark Sanchez. Uh, I mean, I guess the team accomplishments would be the, the AFC championships, but those guys all had flashy plays where like, look at, you know, if he can do this, you know, every game over the next 16 games is going to be great. Darnold is a lot closer than those guys ever were. And I think that's why Jets fans are holding on to him so tightly is because we know the pedigree coming in that he was supposed to be the number one overall pick. I mean, people are talking about Trevor Lawrence, but Sam Darnold was Trevor Lawrence before Trevor Lawrence. Obviously Lawrence had the hype in high school and whatnot, but Darnold was the, the guy after that Rose bowl win uh, against Penn state. Uh, and he's had so many games in his first two years where, you know, when I think about the Houston game, the green Bay game, the Dallas game where the jets where I was watching it, I was like, well, the jets actually finally have their franchise quarterback. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, and then he just has these horrible games, you know, really only two to three every year where it's like, he just looks a little lost, you know, but part of it is the the supporting cast is part of the reason that the ceiling can be so, or that the floor can be so low at times is because he has these horrible games where he's getting hit in two seconds. So, you know, for, for Darnold, I think the big word is consistency. And that's the thing that we just want to see this year is, is if he can be consistently good. I mean, that goes for any, for any quarterback, but consistently good with the flashes that we've seen from Sam as a quarterback. I think these are benchmarks that he can all hit. Uh, and, and I do not buy into the, any talk about the Jets drafting quarterback this next year. I think if they're bad again and Darnold doesn't improve, you fire Gase, you give Darnold one more year. And if he's bad, then you still have two picks in the first round in 2022. Uh, to, to move up and, and try to get a quarterback then. But at this point, I'm all in on Sam Darnold. I think we've seen too many flashes 
at this point to give up on on the youngest quarter starting quarterback in NFL history. It's just about yeah, ironing the, the out. The talk of drafting a quarterback is just completely ridiculous unless he's absolutely terrible which seems extremely unlikely because the support cannot get any worse and he hasn't been extremely terrible yet he's had terrible games obviously but overall he's been an acceptable starting quarterback and much more than an acceptable starting quarterback in the league you look at Josh Rosen who was very similar very similarly talented prospect had he also has had terrible help so far similar uh, you know, if not just as bad, maybe a little bit more or less, but about the same level of support. And he has completely flamed out of the league, been way below what is acceptable from a starting quarterback. Darnold has not been even close to that with similar level of help and also rotating between two coaches, just like Rosen did. Although two teams is a lot different than two coaches, but still Darnold, the help is not going to be any worse than it has been. And he's still been a quarterback that has won games and produced at an excellent level. Uh, when the support has been viable uh, and things haven't been collapsing around him. So um, drafting quarterback is completely ridiculous after this year. He should get at least one more season. Uh, And then if after year four, he's still, you know, like I mentioned uh, earlier in this podcast, if we're still having uh, the James Winston and Mariota talks, we're like, just give him another year, even though it's been four years and he's still not great. Then you can start thinking about it a little bit because you don't want to be stuck with mediocrity, but this is still year three. He's only 23 years old. Uh, He definitely deserves to get at least one more year after this season. That doesn't mean that what happens this year doesn't matter. You still want to see progress, uh, which we've laid out quite a bit, but he's going to be here in 2021 and he should be. Uh, There's no reason that they should be even thinking about moving on from him, especially because the assets you use to get a quarterback, whether it's trading up or actually using a high pick on him, are assets that could go to supporting the one that you already have. And then also that quarterback is going to be coming into a situation that's already terrible with no assets allocated uh, to helping him out and making his transition easier. So you stick with Darnold, build up this foundation, and then hopefully if he doesn't work out, uh, you have a good foundation to bring another quarterback in like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson uh, and the Bills to an extent with Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, not to an extent. They've done a great job making him look much better than he is, but you build up that that foundation and then you get the quarterback, but Sam Darnold is, he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be the franchise quarterback for this team. Yeah. And we've, we've talked a lot about the second year in the same system is going to be huge for him, just allowing him to play instead of thinking, uh, if you'd like to see more about the, uh, the coach that he's going to be playing for, obviously Adam Gase is not a popular man uh, for, for Jets fans at this point in his career, but you know, he has another year with Sam, and, and we'll see uh, if he can take a big leap, just like Sam, uh, as a head coach, offensive coordinator. We broke down Gase's offense in a three-part deep dive on the Jets X Factor YouTube. It's also on our Spotify and iTunes feeds. Uh, but we broke down Gase's tendencies, some of the things that he could do better in 2020, whether or not we'll think he'll be the coach in 2021, uh, but mainly focusing on the film, some of the good things and the bad things that he did. We'd just like to thank everybody for all the support that we've been getting on YouTube at the Jets X Factor YouTube. Go subscribe there and on our iTunes feed. Just look up Cool Your Jets, you'll find us. Um, you can find us at CYJ Pod on Twitter. You can find Michael at Michael underscore Nania, myself at Ben W. Blessington. As I mentioned, we are, we're on Jets X Factor, so go to the website, jetsxfactor.com for the best Jets content around. I think I've covered all the plugs um so i think we can get out of there michael any last words well good job with the plugs i know you insist on plugging everything every single time so (laughs) 
make sure everyone make sure you actually listen to the plugs we want to actually see that result in something so yeah it doesn't really do actually the one plug that i could give that i would you just want to feel like you're doing it no probably no one who listens to this will follow a single thing you said but you just want to feel like you're doing it right it seems professional and that's what you're supposed to i've never listened to a podcast and heard somebody plug when have when have i have i ever done that no i haven't have you no, no. So I, I don't blame <laughs> if you don't. But if you do want to do something and you're already listening to this, write a review or rate the podcast. That helps us out a lot on iTunes. Um, but outside of that, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, it's kind of just necessary for the host to do it. But, but this is the know. one you should actually listen to because it's actual good stuff. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, I guess we'll get out of here. Uh, as I said, we have a lot more content coming from the CYJ feed. Michael and I's goal is to just do pretty much as many episodes as possible, three to four episodes every week. So we're always going to have content for you guys, especially as we head into this football season. Very excited about it. Let's hope there is a season and everybody uh, stay healthy, stay happy. Jets.